Welcome to Hadar's Web, a podcast featuring community conversations on spirituality, healing, justice, and art. My name is Hadar Cohen. I am your host, and I am delighted to invite you to my relational web. Welcome to today's bonus episode titled On Militarization and Mysticism. It is an Instagram talk I gave on January 26, 2022. There is also an essay on my Substack that you can check out, and I hope you enjoy this talk. Hi, everyone. I wanted to give a talk about militarization and mysticism. And it is something that I have been thinking about for quite some time. Um, And I think it's really important teachings that need to come through around um, what is militarization and what is a military industrial complex and how does it relate to spiritual practice and to mysticism. So first I want to say that um, my perspective in approaching it isn't necessarily coming from this judgmental mind around this is good or this is bad or this is right or wrong, Um, but more from a mind that is, this is reality and how do I understand what is happening in reality? Um, And I also want to say that, you know, coming to it, I come from an abolitionist perspective, meaning that um, I don't believe in the punitive mind, right, that sees something is wrong and then wants to punish it, um, but rather seeks to understand what are the conditions that give rise to phenomenon and to reality as it is, and how do we shift the conditions so that we can shift reality. Um, So with that, welcome to my talk on militarization and mysticism. Thank you all for joining. Um, If you have questions, comments, please feel free to share. It's something that I'm hoping to also turn into an essay as well, and um, really excited to share it with you. So I wanna suggest that um, I wanna offer a frame of thinking of militarization as a form of addiction. And again, here it's, I'm really trying to work with the patterns of the mind and the belief systems, right? Because a lot of times we experience life and we experience reality and we see the physical conditions. Um, But these physical conditions, they are arising because of the beliefs that our minds are having. So I really wanna work with the psychological internal patterns Um, that are in some ways giving rise to the military industrial complex and are perpetuating militarization. And this is why I really want to frame it as um, a form of addiction. So if we kind of break down, right, the militaristic mind, like what is going on in the militaristic mind? So first, what happens in the framework of an addiction is when the mind has a certain desire for something, right? There's a certain lacking and the mind desires something um, because there's a particular internal need, right? And and the addiction really can be anything. Um, But part of what happens is that, okay, so the mind wants something and, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, But what ends up happening is that there's faulty perceptions in the mind. There's some 
when in which the mind is actually um, not quite registering exactly what is happening that leads the mind towards going to meet that need in a place where it cannot be met, right? So, um, and, I'll, and I'll share a little bit about what that looks like in the militaristic perspective, but just really getting with this is that um, there's a certain need that the mind has, and then it's going to a place to meet that need, but the place it's going to cannot satisfy this need, right? And because it can't satisfy this need, actually what ends up happening is that this need gets stronger, and that's why it ends up being a loop. Because what happens is that the mind thinks that it can get it from here, so it keeps going there, but this doesn't meet this need, and the need just gets stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger, so the mind keeps going and going and going and going, and this is still not meeting it, so it's just looping. And it's looping and looping and looping. So how this looks like in the militaristic view, right, is that if we kind of get down to the psyche of it, um, there is this need for safety. In some ways, we all, all beings have this need of feeling safe in the world, right? We want to feel this, this connection to safety. So there's a need for safety, and it's a beautiful need, and that's a, that's a human need. Um, but part of what ends up happening in the, in the militaristic understanding is that in order for me to get the safety, I need to defend something, right? I need to go and defend my right to exist or whatever it may be. Um, in the militaristic mind, actually this defense, it, is, it gets quite complicated, right? Because here we're in, in the psyche of it. The mind thinks it's defending, but actually what's happening is this, in the world, this defense is actually an attack. And the mind cannot register that this is an attack because it is caught in its need for safety, right? It's coming from a place of, I need safety, um, so let me defend, right? Let me defend my right to exist. Um, but it doesn't understand that by exerting itself in this defensive mechanism, it's actually attacking. It can't really understand that because it's so caught in its own internal experience. Um, so here we have like this defense attack kind of complex that is starting to be formed and the need for safety is still there. So again, we kind of see this addictive loop that's starting to happen, right? Where the mind thinks that it can get this need for safety met if it defends itself, um, which is actually again, right, attack, um, but it's not met here. So then this need for safety, it grows and it grows and it grows and it amplifies and amplifies and amplifies and it keeps going there, right? And this is why we keep on investing more and more money into the militaristic regime because we're like, we need more safety, we need more defense, we need more wars, we need more troops and wherever. Obviously, if you know me, you know that um, a lot of my teachings are informed by um, what's happening in Israel-Palestine. But this is not just limited to Israel-Palestine, right? This is also um, around U.S. imperialism and, um, you know, this crisis that we're in that we are leaning on military as our form of understanding safety. And as we can kind of see, if we're working with the mind pattern, it's, it's really faulty grounds. Um, and it's actually quite unstable energy um, because... If we're, again, trying to kind of dissect what is going on on the psychological level, we can understand that the people that are holding weapons, 
they don't experience themselves as being strong and, and as being fierce and powerful. They actually experience themselves as being weak and being victims and being powerless, right? Because the whole system is rested on their need for safety, right? They don't feel safe. So therefore this whole system is coming at play. Um, and, and, and what is happening is that there's a faulty belief, right? They, they believe that the military will meet their need for safety, um, but that's actually not what's happening. And they can't register it because the mind and the way that the mind is conditioned is still the same, right? We haven't actually unpacked the, the mind system. So even though, right, there is this um, understanding of the mind that's like, okay, I don't feel safe in the world. Let me get the largest military in the world to defend my right to exist. Um, it doesn't really see that that's not working. It doesn't really see that actually the body and the system is still terrified. Um, it can't register that because it is so caught in this mentality, right, that the military will save its need to, to, to feel safe in this world. Um, so part of what I'm trying to offer is that when we're trying to change these physical realities and these physical conditions, we're really wanting to get into the psychological frame around what is happening in the mind because the mind and the patterns of the mind are, are what's setting it forth. And, and if we're getting into a place where we're seeing this addiction, right, the mind literally believes that the military will meet its need for safety, even though reality is showing it, it's consistently showing it that it's not true, right, that no matter how much more investment there is in militaristic power, um, that actually doesn't change people's fundamental experience in the body. Um, we see that, that war just creates more war and more war and more war. There's an amplification, which shows that this is an addictive process. Um, so we really want to kind of intervene in that, um, in that process. Okay, let me just look at my notes because I've been thinking about this for some time and I know it can get convoluted reading the psyche, but... Um, yeah, just, you know, really wanting to emphasize here that, you know, there's a loop that we're trying to kind of intervene through. And the loop is predicated on the conditions of the mind, um, right? Because the mind is not going to shift this dynamic, this addictive quality of like need for safety, then going into the militaristic regime, unless it believes that there's another place that it can find and be met with this, um, right, with its need for safety. Um, so this is where mysticism comes in, right? This is why the talk is on militarization and mysticism. Because a lot of times people ask me, you know, what is the relationship with spirituality and, and justice work? And, and, and this is part of it for me, right? That um, mysticism actually works with the internal experiences and the mind experiences around what is actually happening um, and, and actually brings different solutions. So first, when we're talking about spirituality and mysticism, one of the things that we need to remember is that we're not just talking about the physical dimension, right? The physical dimension, if we're just living our lives only thinking about the physical world, we're going to be quite limited. Um, because it's not the truth. It's not, it's not actually real, right? There is many dimensions of existence 
Um, right, so there's a physical realm, there's an emotional realm, there's an intellectual realm, there's a spiritual realm, there's all these other realms. Pause because poor connection. Okay, hopefully the connection is back and good. Um, Right, so there's these different dimensions of being and, and the body, the physical body is an expression of these other dimensions um, and and the physical body, right? So we wanna have this wider perspective around our dimensions of being because when I'm coming as a human and I'm saying I need safety, right? What am I actually saying? I'm not just actually saying that I want my physical body to be safe, but I'm also saying that I want my emotional body to be safe. I want to feel safe in my thoughts. I want to feel safe internally, externally, right? Peace inside. I want my soul to be able to be free and alive in this world. Um, this is part of what I'm saying. So this is part of why mysticism actually can meet that need and actually fulfill it. So it breaks the cycle of addiction because, right, addiction is based on an unmet need going into a place where the need can't be met and then it loops. But when you have a need and you go to a place where it can be met, it actually, there's a release, right? There's a liberation. There's a um, experience that, that opens up. Um, and this is to me who God is, right? God meets us exactly where we are. And when we find safety, again, safety in the body, we want to really understand that we're looking for safety in our internal experience. Because at the end of the day, right, this world is limited. This world is, world is temporary. We're all going to um, leave our bodies at one point and, and go to the other realms. And, and these questions of safety are actually still alive there, right? Because what I'm looking for isn't a permanent safety down on earth, but it's actually something about my soul's work, right? My soul's work in the world, my soul's work as it relates to my incarnation here. Um, so I really want to offer how, you know, the spiritual channel can actually work with these unmet needs that we have around safety, Right. And, and, and again, redefining safety. Um, this is really reminding me of the Jewish holiday of Sukkot because it's all about that. Right. We we leave our like permanent homes and we go and build temporary huts and live there so that we understand that our safety right, is not rooted in some permanent system that we're here forever because we actually know that we're not here forever. We know that change is a fundamental truth of life. We know that um, we're at the mercy of these bigger cosmic situations, whether it be nature or the movement of the plants, planets and the stars or just God's will. So we're actually quite vulnerable. But that vulnerability is actually what ends up giving us our strength and stability if we know how to trace it to creator, right? And if we know how to actually be in relationship with the divine being, with the Holy One, so that we're getting a stable foundation of safety from there. And, and therefore, we're not so scared of the dynamics of the physical body and in the physical realm. And we don't have this attachment to safety in this permanent way or safety in this attack defense mechanisms. But actually, my safety lies in the fact that I'm completely connected with creator, right? There's a there's an intimacy between creator and creation. Human beings are the, the creation, right? The most divine creation of, of 
of creator. So the more that we learn how to create intimacy there, um, the more strength and stability we find, right? And, and we feel that we are prepared to, to engage with life struggles. Um, so this is part of what I wanna offer um, and, and to me, this is also like a decolonial lens into the military industrial complex. And, um, you know, I, I really feel like we are not going to be able to offer um, a different way of existing unless we really start understanding the psychological patterns that are holding these systems in place and actually show how spirituality and spiritual practice and experience actually can meet right, these psychological processes and liberate them. That's actually the power of liberation, right? It doesn't come from an external force, but it's actually through doing this, this internal work. Um, and yeah, let me see if there's anything more I want to say about all of this. Um, right, so just, yeah, I just also wanted to, again, just go back and, and really clarify again what's happening in this militaristic mind because I think it can actually shift the way that we are approaching um, some of our issues, particularly, again, of course, as what's happening in Israel-Palestine, but again, not just. Um, right, so the militaristic mind is a terrified mind, right? And 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 again, when we see this, right, especially like if we use Israel-Palestine as a case study, um, we see that Israel and Israelis and the Israeli army is is caught in a um, cycle of terror, even though they have access to a really powerful military and they're holding really like large amounts of power and weapons, but they don't register that, right? Because they're stuck in an experience of terror because this experience of terror hasn't been liberated. It's actually just been um, conditioned to be attached to the military and the military actually like amplifies this experience of terror. It's like more and more and more terror, which is part of why the dynamic that we see, right? Where, where the world and Palestinians are like trying to call out Israel and be like, look at your abuses of power. And Israel is like, what are you talking about? We're the victim here, right? We're, we're the terrified ones here. We're the ones who, um, yeah, are, are are scared for our lives right um so you know it's not that they're just making that up it's actually what they believe in their psychological conditions um right because they, the terror hasn't been processed um so the attachment to the military um just gets stronger and stronger and stronger and the invisibilization right, of the abuses of power also get stronger with that because in some ways that calls into question this whole dynamic. And, and again, all of this dynamic is rested on this faulty belief system, this addictive pattern that my need for safety can be met with the military. So the more that we decolonize that mindset and intervene it here and say, actually, is there other ways to get safety in the world, right? Is there a way where safety is actually not connected to militarization and actually not even connected to my experience in the physical world, but is actually connected to a, a larger spiritual reality and a spiritual phenomenon where safety, again, is coming from an internal 
intimacy with knowing who I am and what I'm here for and, and knowing creator intimately. And I think that this is what spiritual practice and this is what mysticism offers us, right? And I use the word mysticism because I don't believe that it's just religion. Um, and it's also not just spiritual practice, but mysticism is actually this channel of the mystic mind that is able to actually understand these higher realms of being and actually grow in intimacy with direct experience of God and of the divine. Um, so I hope you enjoyed this talk. Feel free to let me know in the comments what you thought. Feel free to share. Um, it's an essay that I'm working on um, because I think that this question around safety is probably the most important question that we need to be addressing. Um, because the conditioning of our minds around safety are clearly leading to um, really immense problems in our world and, and, and more chaos and more violence. And um, so, you know, um, part of my invitation is, is how do we find ways to intervene with that, um, with the framework of, of decolonizing ourselves and decolonizing our minds. So thank you so much for listening. And um, yeah, thank you for being here.